Well, hello and welcome to the latest in our series of podcasts that we are broadcasting to accompany Aon's latest research, DC Pension and Financial Wellbeing Employee Research, which we've carried out over the last few months. My name is John Foster, and I'm joined today by Ben and James, who are going to briefly introduce themselves. Thanks, John. Hi, everyone. I'm Ben Rowe, and I head up our DC consulting team here at Aon. Hi, everyone. I'm James Collier, and I'm a senior consultant in our DC consulting team. Thank you both. Looking forward to our chat today. And I guess um, just to set the scene, we're, we're going to be talking about the research findings specifically in the area of what we've termed getting retirement right. And in the other podcasts, if you've listened to them, then you'll have heard us talking about other aspects of building up money through uh, smart design of pension plans, investment returns, making sure your investments are aligned with what the outcomes you want at retirement and communications and engagement, as well as that broader financial well-being. So this is really sort of where, where it all comes to a hopefully a happy conclusion and people get what they're expecting when they reach retirement. The question to start with on this is what are the results of the research showing us about people's plans for retirement? Ben, perhaps I can point that in your direction. Yeah, sure. So in the survey, we did ask individuals about their plans for retirement. And really, the key finding here is that we're seeing a real shift in the way that people move from from work to retirement. So our survey showed that only 28% of employees expect to fully retire at their retirement age. So I guess the concept of retirement is no longer going to be a one-off event, but it's increasingly a phased event taking place over ever, ever older ages, really. And really, if we look down at the responses, there's a real mix of responses about people's plans for retirement. So some individuals are are planning on continuing to work part time before retiring. Others planning to continue working part time for as long as they're physically able to. And finally, a proportion of people who do plan to retire at the retirement age, but they do also plan to do some paid work from time to time there afterwards as well. So it sounds like people are starting to think about all the various different shapes and, and ways in which they can mix and match continuing to work and taking retirement benefits when they can. James, what do you think is the most telling finding from the research? Yeah, so John, for me, it was the, the age at which people think they'll be able to stop working, which is continuing to increase rapidly. So one in three people now expect to work to age 70 or beyond. And I guess I appreciate that this may in some way be due to the phase increase in the state pension age and people looking to align the two ages. But there is also the big issue about when people feel they will be able to afford to retire, if at all, because actually one in four people expect never to be able to retire, which is an increase from one in seven in 2018. So having a clear understanding of your workforce or plan membership is absolutely crucial here. Are your employees on track to retire with an adequate income? What are their future working plans? And and this changing retirement landscape has real implications for employers and trustees. That's a great point, James. I mean, and on that, we're working with, obviously, and people on this call are sponsors and trustees of of DC pension plans. So, Ben, what what are those implications for them as sponsors or trustees? Yeah, and I think just to go back to that last statistic that James came up, which is really telling, you know, more than 25% of individuals don't think they'll be able to retire in the future. And, and that in itself is quite, quite a shocking number. And I guess if that trend continues in the future, we could, we could well see over half of the population either needing to or, or being willing to work beyond the age of 70. So I guess what does this mean both from a scheme sponsor and trustee perspective? So first of all, we expect people to be working for longer. 
So lots of implications here for sponsors around workforce planning. Pension schemes and sponsors also need to think about the scheme design. So given that we expect to see that trend towards more phased retirement, so is everything fit for purpose in terms of the scheme providing the flexibility that members need? And finally, really need to think hard about what it means for investment strategies too. So both the end point and, and the start point for any investment de-risking which is in place. You know, are, are we really maximising the outcome for members who are retiring later than planned, for example? Yeah, so we've, we've sort of heard about so far the, the kind of the plans that individuals might have in terms of the timing, the implications of that for for schemes. And you've touched there, Ben, on some of the implications for the way in which schemes are structured to sort of meet those differing needs. James, if I could ask you what we're seeing from the results, if you like, around how members are actually taking their benefit. Yeah, well, given the range of retirement plans Ben talked about earlier, it's probably not surprising to hear that around 30% of people said they didn't know how they'll want to access their workplace savings. And slightly more concerning is that even as people get nearer to retirement, so over the age of 55, there are still 20% of people that say they don't know. And remember, by this age, most DC default investment approaches would have started automatically switching pension savings, aiming towards a particular outcome. And some pension savers may even have started to access cash lump sums without fully understanding the consequences over the longer term. For those people who do have a plan for taking their benefits, using drawdown is by far the most popular. Nearly 60% expect to access their workplace savings in this way. That last point about people moving to, to drawdown sort of begs the question about what sort of level of support members might need, because it's a complex area, doesn't it? So what does it tell us about that in terms of member support, Ben? Yeah, it's a good point. And I think that the starting point here is that, you know, whilst we've seen some quite big changes in the DB world in terms of the support that's provided to members at retirement, we've not really seen the same pace of change in the DC world. And many of the observations that James has just shared suggest that this really needs to change. So many DC schemes have had an annuity broking service in place for a number of years, but only one in four scheme, scheme members expect to take their pension fund as an annuity at retirement. So these services may no, no longer be fit for purpose. Also, we know that where members are going down the drawdown route, many remain with the existing provider. So the FCA's Retirement Outcomes Report stated that nearly 90% of consumers who were not taking advice opted to stay with their existing provider when accessing drawdown. We also know from our own research that only a third of DC schemes have a preferred drawdown solution in place, and most of these use whatever the current DC provider makes available. So all in all, I think there's lots of issues here, and, and, and there's a risk that the most convenient solution may not be the one that provides the best outcome for your members. So all in all, we believe that a retirement support framework is, is really important here to help people maximise their pension savings. And that includes providing access to guidance and education for those members who are happy to go it alone, through to access to advice for those who really want to be told what to do. Just to put it back as another question to you, Ben, and what are people saying that they actually want in terms of support at retirement? Yeah, when we asked this in the survey, we found that around 70% of people really are looking for support from their employer to help them to decide what to do with their pension savings at retirement. So members are really putting the onus on scheme sponsors to help them with this tricky decision. And it's a really important decision too. You know, what one poor decision at retirement could easily reduce someone's income in retirement by thousands of pounds and undo lots of hard work, which, is, which has been done over many years in the accumulation phase. 
sounds like there's support that's needed. The likelihood is that they'll be looking to their employer for that support or at least some some signposting. Where do members go for help? And sort of what should that support for members and employees look like when they get to that point? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, John, because there's, there's actually a variety of ways people want to receive the, the, the support at retirement. So six in 10 said they'd prefer the support online. Three in 10 said in person and one in 10 would prefer it over the phone. So this leads us to some sort of spectrum of retirement support that can be made available to members. At one end, you have the generic static information through to education and guidance, all the way to independent financial advice, giving that personalised recommendation. We're also seeing new robo-advice solutions being made available. So this meets the needs of those who would like a personalised recommendation, but can't meet the cost of traditional face-to-face advice. We're currently working with a number of clients at the moment to review their retirement support, including helping put in place IFA uh, support for DC members, particularly for those who have an IFA in place for DB members, that ultimately the best pension outcomes will be achieved by offering the right type of support for individuals. That's the whole subject. So obviously a massive area for schemes to get to grips with. And I know that because of the regulators' interest in, and you know, all, both main regulators' interest in this, it's going to be something that takes up time for sponsors and trustees in the coming months and years. Ben, do you want to summarise for us what you think that the key points are, takeaways for our listeners and, and calls to action? Yeah, I guess the key headline for me is that we are seeing a fundamental shift in the way that people move from the world of work into the world of drawing their pension benefits. And for DC pension savings, accessing those benefits is likely to be this the single biggest decision that they make. So we need to make sure that they, they get that decision right and don't undo years of careful work and, and hard work that they've done on the saving side. So really our three call to actions here are understanding how and when your pension scheme members plan to retire and the implications that that has in terms of pension provision and workforce planning. Secondly, review what retirement support and communications you've got in place and whether this is appropriate. And then finally, fill the gaps between what's needed and what you already have to help your people get the most from their pension savings at retirement. Thank you, Ben. So bringing the, bringing the discussion to an end at this point just remains for me to say, I hope you've enjoyed the discussion on this wide-ranging subject and one that's going to exercise our minds for, for many months and years to come, I'm sure. Just remains for me to thank Ben and James. Thank you both. Thank you, John. Thanks, John. And finally, thank you to all of you for joining us for this podcast. If you have any questions, please contact your usual Aon consultant or email us at talk to us at aon.com. It's also worth noting that links to the other podcasts in this series, as well as the full research report, can be found via the links that appear in the text accompanying the link to this podcast. So thanks all, and I'll bid you good day.